This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. The Wake Forest upset over Duke this weekend has become a massive story because of the court storming. Obviously, there are a lot of huge stories in and around college basketball. Seth Greenberg, ESPN College Basketball Analyst, joins us here on Unsportsmanlike. Hello, I'm Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. All right, Seth, what happened this weekend and does it need to be fixed? Well, first, what happened this weekend, it was Wake Forest was ill-prepared for a court storm, which is absolutely amazing because they were favored in this basketball game. They were favored in this game. So what you need to do is have a plan in place. Let's go big picture first. First of all, what a great win for Wake Forest. Uh, A win that probably is going to put them in the NCAA tournament. A team that just struggled to get that one win they needed, uh, that marquee win, that quad one win. So hats off to Wake Forest, Steve Forbes, and his coaching staff. All right, now let's address the issue. You know this is a possibility. If you know it's a possibility, you have to have a plan. And Wake Forest... To me, even though I saw that John Curry, who I have great respect for, the athletic director there, said they had a plan. That was the worst executed plan if they had a plan I've ever seen. <laughs> Absolutely a joke. Let me tell you something. That game plan is getting you fired as a head coach. Believe me, I know. I've had too many of them. But it, it's real simple. When you see the thing take place, all right, Steve Forbes calls a timeout with about one, one and a half, two seconds left. I'm thinking in my mind, Forbes is calling a timeout because he wants to get the security in place. Ball comes back in. Game's over. I couldn't find a security officer. I couldn't find one of those fluorescent jackets. I know it was like green fluorescent or yellow fluorescent. But usually, look, you've got a higher extra security. You know they're going to be coming from the baselines because that's where the students uh, sit. And there were no security measures in place whatsoever. And it is the responsibility of the home team to make sure the officials – and the players get off safely. I mean, plain and simple, that's that's priority number one. So the, the Wake Forest administration dropped the ball. There, there's no doubt about it. Now, when you move it forward to the next level, what's the answer? I've got some answers, uh, and I, I love court storming. I think I'm a big believer in it. Here's, here's solution number one. Game ends, you put one minute on the clock, you play the alma mater, you make sure the teams and the officials get off safely, buzzer goes off, Boom, here they come. Maybe play like Virginia Tech, you play enter the Sandman. Play enter the Sandman for a minute. Let those players and those officials get off the court. Then boom, everyone runs to the middle of the floor. That's that's number one. Number two option, a little bit different. Instead of taking 3,000 people and moving to the center court, number one, I don't know what they do once they get there except jump up and down and take a picture of themselves because they want to capture the moment rather than live in the moment. But option number two is... Game ends, shake hands, and let the players and the coaches walk into the student section. So now you're only moving 15, 18 people into the student section. Jump up and down, celebrate. They do that at Kansas State. They do that at Texas Tech some. I think that's solution number two. And then finally is if the people scored storm, million-dollar fine. Boom. Done. Wow. Seth, I guess that's my question, though. There are some conferences around college basketball that have bans for court storming. The SEC, they have a a very strong fine schedule that's in place, $100,000 for the first offense, quarter million dollars for the second offense, half a million dollars for the third offense, so on and so forth. I I just, from a practical standpoint, can you eliminate fans from coming on the court in, in a huge win for the home team? Can you eliminate that? Is it even practical to keep fans from coming on the court? Well, they do it in the NBA, they do it in the NFL, they do it in Major League Baseball, they do it in hockey, 
They do it everywhere else. I'm a big fan of court storming. I, I, I'm actually called myself the commissioner of court storming. You know, like, what do you have to do to be able to storm the court? It's got to be a top 10 win. It's got to be sold out because if it's not sold out, people don't care enough to storm the court. You know, it's got to be a rivalry game. And I have certain things that you have to do. Uh, can you eliminate it? Yeah, you can eliminate it by putting pl- uh, measures in place. Like the $100,000 fine in the SEC and the AC- in the SEC. Come on now, SEC. They they wake up, they they waste $100,000. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like $100,000 does nothing. And is that a, is that a court storm or a field storm? Uh, is it for basketball? Like the third one, you would get the five hundred thousand uh, dollar fine, or is it yes? Cumul- so, so you guys, so basically, you got to have two moments before you get hit up with anything substantial in relation to impacting an athletic department. Because in the SEC, all right, I mean, like a hundred thousand dollars. That's that's one donor writing a check. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Seth, with so many people in and around college basketball having the conversation about potentially putting an end to court storming, with you being the commissioner of it, you said you're a big believer in it. Why do you think it's so important to maintain it? I think it's important because you want to have you know that special moment for that for that for the student athletes and the, and the student body to share that moment together. Now, I mean, like to me, that it's it's a memorable moment. Like you know, when we beat Duke when when we on college game day. Uh, my next last year at, at Virginia Tech, uh, it, it's 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 a moment. It's a memorable moment. It's something that these you know students and players and and families and everyone else remember. But if you can't do it safely, you, you've got to eliminate it. Uh, we we had a plan in place. Uh, just to give you an example, two days before the Duke game, there was a meeting of athletic administration. I, I sat in on it, and they had a place. They hired extra security. They built a wall. They made sure that they assigned people to get players off the court safely. Like. Phil Powski got, you know, obviously got banged up a little bit, and then they built a wall so they could get out through to the locker room. I didn't see a plan in place. I'll tell you the other thing, Michelle, and this is, let me ask you guys a question. We live in a world where people have less respect for each other. Mm-hmm. So we live in a world where words don't mean anything, actions sometimes don't even mean anything. And I think what happens is, are these kids are running on the court. Like the one kid, people say that Phil Powski pushed someone. One kid pushed him right in the back so that he probably could tell, yeah, I, I tell you one thing, I took a shot at Filipowski. People have res- less respect for each other today than they had 10, 15 years ago. And the second thing is, is, is the camera phones. When people are running on the court, if you look at those pictures of those kids running on the floor, half of them have their camera phones in place. All right, so they're not even looking where they're going. Instead of living in the moment, they're trying to capture the moment. And I, I think there's a problem. So can you eliminate it? Yeah, you can with the right measures and security. But why not, instead of eliminating, find a way to recreate it? Try to have the agility to, to still have that moment, whether it's put a minute on the clock and let people get off safely or bring those students, the players, into the stands and still have that moment. It's not running on the, on, on the court, and, uh, but, it, but it is something that's a little bit different. Uh, it, it 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 is part of college athletics, but to me right now, I look at it the liability number of the universities are under and the potential for something really catastrophic because of the way people act. Eventually, someone's going to get pushed and a player's going to swing. Who's going to be blamed? We're talking with Seth Greenberg, ESPN College Basketball Analyst here on Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Seth, one more for me on this situation. I, I believe a residual effect of this is that I think that if if I were a coach. What I would do moving forward to prevent this is I'm going to call a timeout if I'm down however many points late in the game, and I'm going to send my best player or anybody that's not on the court to the locker room first. 
And then I'm going to say, okay, well, now you have less people to protect security. There's five out there and there's me. I need six security people to get us to the locker room. Do you think that something like that could happen in the meantime? Yeah, I think that's a good, I think that's a good idea. I think that, you know, again, uh, you know, Duke tried to play it out to the bitter end. They tried to get a last-second shot. They were basically working on a time-and-score play, preparing for the NCAA tournament. You never want to just quit on your team. But getting getting your team out, I think actually let, in our, our game against Duke, uh, that's exactly what Coach K did. He got his guys that were on the bench out of there as quickly as possible. Uh, sometimes you, you don't have the time to do that because, you know, the lead, the, 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 the ending of the game uh, isn't in place yet. Uh but yeah, I think the more people you can get out of the way, I also think you should you should assign a security guard to every player that's on the floor. So you get five guys that are security. The game ends. They run to the. All right, we're going to use Duke as an example. Duke players, they grab those guys. They help them off the court, uh, get them to the side where the wall is built. But go back and look at the video. I counted like four or five security guards at most that I saw. And look, you know those guys are. Not exactly bodyguards, but if you have enough of them, all right, if you have enough of them, and you look at it, where is, where is the security guard? There's Filipowski. Where is the security guard? Like, there's nothing. There's no, I mean, there's nowhere anywhere in sight. You know where the students are coming from. Who's rushing to court? Not guys like me. It's the <laughs> students. So, like, you know that. So, you know what? You put up a stop sign. You build a wall of, of, of humanity, of your security, you hire them. You have them in place. You basically, Steve Forbes did call a timeout. There was less than two seconds left. Steve Forbes called a timeout. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Steve's one of my dearest friends. I'm thinking, Forbes, good job, man. Good good idea. Call a timeout. Get the security out in front. Get these kids off the court safely. Get the officials off the court safely. There was nothing. There was nothing. It was it, it was mind-boggling. And, 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 again, the biggest thing is it takes away from what a great win for Wake Forest. I mean, let me ask you guys a question. If Duke lost to Wake Forest, but there was no court storm, would we be talking today? No. 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 All right. College basketball. Like, the NCAA tournament is four weeks away. Yeah. All right. Like, it's time to educate these people on the bracket. It's yeah. time to educate these people on who to look for, who can pull an upset, who do you like, who do you don't like, why you don't you like them, what's a bad matchup. Well, we're not talking about that. We're talking about like I saw the other day on on SportsCenter they were like recapping a big game in the NFL from last year and could this happen again? Like this is the this is the time of the year, but we wouldn't be talking about this. But because of this incident, we're talking about the incident and not what a great win it was for Wake Forest and what you know that's what I call a program win. And we're having a lot of these things each and every day now, so. You know, that's just me getting on a soapbox saying that, you know what, hey, folks, NCAA tournament's about four weeks away, and we're trying to help you fill out your bracket. We might want to talk a little bit hoops. Well, Seth, let's talk some hoops as I'm getting ready to fill out that bracket because we are a stone's throw away from March. Which team should I be paying attention to right now? Who do you think could really go on a run, minus the top three teams, let's say? Yeah, I mean, like UConn and and Purdue have separated themselves. I I, I think even though Arizona lost and got swept by Washington State, I think they're going to be a dangerous team. Uh, you know, in games they didn't defend the three, they've struggled in. But the uh, veteran team, Keisha Johnson, getting in his transfer from San Diego State gives them a physicality up front. I think they're going to be good. Tennessee, they've got Dalton Connect, who's kind of been a phenomenon uh, this year. Uh, transfer from Northern Arizona, big, big, big time uh, shot maker, 6'7", uh, going to be a lottery pick. Went from kind of a, 
just a guy to a guy that has a chance to be a lottery pick, and they've got veterans around him. You're going to hear me talking about veteran teams, veteran teams, veteran teams, because if you look at the last four years of the NCAA tournament, very few freshmen have been impactful, impactful in terms of the NCAA tournament, which is interesting. Uh, Houston, obviously, is part of – I think I put them as part of the big three. They just mm-hmm. – you know, it's violent. You watch a Houston game and you have a bruise at the end of the game just by watching it. I mean, it is a violent, violent game that they play. Violent defensively, violent on the glass, really physical. But a team in that league also, Iowa State, who people don't talk about, probably as violent and turn you over about 26% of their possessions, uh, have a toughness about them. Uh, they've got a terrific point guard in Lipsy, and they got a kid bringing off the bench, Curtis Jones, who gives them a little bit more offense. So... I think Iowa State's probably a little bit under the radar for the actual basketball fans. Now, I'm going to give you some deep sleepers. I can give you Kentucky, and if they guard, they're going to be really dangerous. Watch out for Florida. They're going to probably be about a 7-9-10 to nine to 10 seed, probably. They're as good an offensive team as there is in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got great depth, terrific backcourt, size up front, offensive rebound, so they get extra possessions, uh, have experience because they have a couple of transfers in the backcourt that are very, very good, and mid-major transfers, one from Iona, one from uh, UC Riverside. So Florida, you look, look off the beaten path. Washington State off the beaten path. You want to take a little bit of a flyer. Someone might, might win two games. Washington State might be a, a team. The SEC and the Big 12 have separated themselves as conferences, uh, and the teams are good. It's not like, oh, you know, the SEC – the teams are good. The top of the top of the SEC is really good. Uh, so I, I think we're going to have a wild NCAA tournament. You think about the unranked teams winning on the road. Now, I mean, I'm winning at home. Now, those games aren't played at home, so I'd be a little bit careful of those. But look at teams, veterans, I don't care, front court, back court, physicality, but don't rely on physicality because in the NCAA tournament, especially the first two rounds, you got to understand, out of the first two rounds, those officials are going to call it, call it to the letter of the law because they want to advance in the NCAA tournament. Identity. What, what team is tough to prepare for in 36 hours? You fill out your bracket. What team? So, say, team has, you're going for a flyer on an upset. Well, if that team can win two games. So, what team has a style of play, which is speed a game up, slow a game down, make a ton of threes, whatever it is. You say, you know what, they can impose their identity on the game. This is a team that, you know, maybe a 10 that can can advance to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. We've got more good teams across the board. Marquette's a tough matchup, especially the second day because they turn you over and they've got a great passing point guard in Tyler Kolick and a frontcourt guy named uh, Oso Iguodaro that is like a point center. So, uh, you know, I'll keep you guys up to date, but this is going to be a crazy NCAA tournament. He is the commissioner of court storming, Seth Greenberg. You'll see him all throughout the month of February and March, of course, and April with college basketball. We appreciate the time, Seth. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All right, we are on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, 
Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Well, Peter King announced today, NBC Sports, Sports Illustrated Forever, that he's retiring. One of the greatest sports writers, football writers, storytellers to ever live. So tip of the cap to Peter King. And on his way out in his column today on NBC Sports, he uh, certainly provided an interesting idea around the NFL draft. So he writes, I suppose the Bears are going to trade the top pick. That is the first sentence within a 10 things I think I think part of the uh, story today. Just when you start it that way, you realize, "Uh uh-oh, we're interested in this here. Uh, I know nothing. Well, okay. Uh, Yes, you do. But that seems, and I say that complimentary, but that seems to be the way the wind is blowing. What I say, the Bears could keep Justin Fields and should and trade the first pick down once or twice and build the kind of supporting cast a team needs to contend. Suppose GM Ryan Poles traded the top pick down one spot to Washington, which would take Caleb Williams, and got the second pick, a second-round pick, and a 2025 first-round pick in, in return. Then suppose Poles traded the second pick to Atlanta at eight, and the Falcons picked one of the other quarterbacks. In return, Chicago gets the eighth pick, Atlanta's second-round pick, and first and second-round picks in next year's draft. Imagine moving from one to eight and ending up with this draft hole. The eighth pick and ninth pick, which is theirs, in this year's draft. Second-round picks from Washington and Atlanta this year. Three first-round picks and two second-round picks in 2025 all in. That, of course, all surrounding the concept of keeping Justin Fields at quarterback. Again, this is not a report. This is an idea. But it starts, guys, with draft wins around the idea of them trading the number one pick. Which is wild to me. I don't know how you justify the opportunity cost of passing on yet another crop of talented quarterbacks after you did the same thing last year, and it cost you an opportunity to have C.J. Stroud. Can I ask a quick follow-up on this? Go ahead. You've said this, and it's great context. I want to play a little bit of of an altered game on this one. What What if they never did this last year? Would your thought process be the same that you still can't give up? Because it's hard to look at this Bears situation without the full context of you passed on C.J. Stroud. Yeah. And just to rewind, C.C. said last year when he did the draft, I would take C.J. Stroud number one overall. Yes. So that's not playing the results on no. that. But the last year matters. But what if they didn't have it last year? Would it change your thought process at all? That they still should take Caleb Williams here and not even worry about Justin Fields? If Justin Fields still had the same season that we saw yeah, this past year? Yeah, correct, year, correct. Yeah. And he still had DJ Moore? Correct. Under, yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's okay. still a question mark. Yep. He's still a question mark that becomes exponentially more expensive. Yes. And at some point, Justin Fields has to be a player that can consistently win from the pocket. What do I mean? Playing the quarterback position inside of the pocket, not getting outside of the pocket, not off-platform throws, off-schedule throws, second reaction plays, but actually going through his progression from the pocket and delivering strikes against defenses. He doesn't do that consistently enough 
to justify passing on all of these other quarterbacks coming out. He doesn't do that consistently enough to pass on the promise of Caleb Williams, Drake May, or Jaden Daniels. He just doesn't. Justin Fields, since he's coming to the league, he's 28th out of 36 quarterbacks that are QBR qualified. Now, when you break that down to Justin Fields in the pocket, he's 34th out of 36 QBR qualified quarterbacks. He has 34th ranked QBR since 2021. The only quarterbacks that he's better than QBR-wise from the pocket, Zach Wilson from the Jets, bust, and Bryce Young, who had a terrible team around him this year. Oof. That's the list. So, Not yeah, Justin list. Fields has to be better winning from the pocket in order to justify passing on all of these other quarterbacks. And the sad thing about it for Justin Fields is there ain't no more games until now, from now until the draft to prove that you've improved in that area. So if you're the Chicago Bears, if you're Ryan Poles, to me, all of this noise surrounding what Peter King is saying is about you trying to bolster the trade market for Justin Fields by just floating out a scenario where you would actually consider keeping him in trading out of number one overall. That's the only thing that makes sense about the 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 logic, the rationale that Peter King is outlining in terms of what the Chicago Bears seem like they're poised to do. Yeah, we have to be cognizant of that, that a lot of people throw out smoke at this time of the year to, to, like you said, get some leverage, throw people off the scent of what they're trying to do. And I know that the the Bears want to get the best return they can from Justin Fields if they do decide to move on from him. I know that there has been conversation coming out of Chicago about the fact that they like Justin Fields. They're enamored with the dynamic athleticism that he had. They saw improvements not only with him, but the team as a whole down the stretch. But with all that being said, If Caleb Williams is the player that he is projected to be, we've been talking about this guy for two seasons. People are talking about him as a transformational, no doubt, number one overall pick. He's a franchise quarterback is what everyone is projecting him to be. Some people put him in the same breath as Patrick Mahomes. Mm. After missing out on C.J. Stroud last year and still emerging from that with questions about Justin Fields, with the number going up and it being a financial commitment that you're going to have to make to him, I just do not see a scenario in which the Chicago Bears would have the stomach to pass on Caleb Williams with all of the potential that he has. I think all of this is so interesting because it all comes back to Justin Fields. There's a, the reason that we're navigating this the way we are, at no point did anyone on this set say that the offer that Peter King was coming up with would have been a bad offer for the Bears to accept if they had a better option. I said eliminate last year. Pretend it never happened. Like You're not looking at it through the lens of C.J. Stroud. What do you do? C.C. said you still take Caleb Williams, right? All of this points back to Justin Fields may be good enough to play in Atlanta as the starting quarterback in the, with the Atlanta Falcons with the lesser options. But if you have options, what you've constantly said is there's no justification for not taking those options. Yeah, Justin Fields is not a top-ten quarterback. And if you don't have a top-ten quarterback and you've got the number one overall pick in a quarterback-rich draft, how do you pass on a quarterback? That just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. And you have a chance to maybe get a top-ten quarterback, ultimately. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I I still believe that Justin Fields can work himself into being a good NFL quarterback. Now, where he ends up ranking is beyond me, but I don't see gold-jacket potential with Justin Fields. And if you're taking a quarterback with the first overall pick, you think he can be a gold-jacket guy. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's the difference to me. I mean, Justin Fields has a lot of ability. But Justin Fields is 10-28 and 28 as a starting quarterback in Chicago. Justin Fields has 40 passing touchdowns to 41 total turnovers since he got drafted as the starter in Chicago in 2021. 
I'm sorry, that, that's not good enough for me to pass on the promise of those other quarterbacks. And here's what I'm saying if I do that. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that Justin Fields is my guy. I passed on C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, passed on Drake May, Jaden Daniels, and Caleb Williams. Justin Fields is my guy. What that means is I'm going to be paying Justin Fields franchise quarterback money starting this offseason. That means I'm committing to him long-term. That means I'm paying him $50 million a year. What about what we've seen from Justin Fields over his first three years in the NFL with the Chicago Bears would suggest that he is a $50 million a year quarterback? Absolutely nothing. So why would I do that? Right. Why would I do that? (laughs) Coming up, we've discovered there's nothing more exciting on this show than Nuno getting annoyed, our producer. There is something that is very funny, I think. I think think Nuno's wrong about this. I want to point this out. I think what we're going to do next, he is dead wrong about, but he's really annoyed about it. We'll get to it next. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. On a first date, I heard about somebody bringing flowers to someone else. Is that the move on first dates? No. Twenty twenty four. No. On a first date, probably not. When do you bring the flowers? Second date, third date? No, nah, it's gonna. It's got to be after the third date. Because after the third date, then then all of a sudden, there's there's something there. Unless you sip and paint, then you're good to go. That's third date. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I need to see that painting. Yeah, I mean. I mean, from a figurative standpoint, everybody should be sipping and painting after the third date if it goes well. Like, so, I mean, it, like, you can you can give flowers after the third date. You can show up on the fourth date with flowers because that means y'all are kind of doing this dance. Y'all are kind of together. Y'all might not be in a full-blown relationship, as former Giants GM once said, full-blown love. It might not be full-blown love, mm. but it could be a situation where, you know, you're you're basically saying – I am talking to you with the intention of Sipping making, making this a long-term thing. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I have some seriousness to yeah, this. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, I'm just going to say this. A code has now been created. We're going to say this once on this show, and you're going to have to figure it out the rest of time that if uh, things are hot and heavy, you're sipping and painting. You're sipping and painting. That's what we're saying now. Sipping Moving and forward. Yeah. And uh, TNT, I think it was full bloom. Uh, full bloom? Yeah, full, full bloom. bloom. Yeah, it might not be full, full bloom, bloom love, yeah. but you okay. know what I mean, yeah. 
Okay. Exactly. All right. So so basically moving forward, are Justin Fields and the Bears sipping and painting? We don't know. No. TBD. Oh, no, we do know. They're not. Oh, they're not sipping and <laughs> They're not sipping right. and okay. They're not sipping But and that's how we're using it. I'm they, saying, they like, ain't going content. steady. They ain't sipping and painting. They ain't doing none of that. Hmm. They ain't doing that. Hmm. They, they, they swiping now. They swiping now. They back, they back on the apps. They swiping now. Hoping to see Caleb Williams they, they profile. Now. They are, they, Caleb Williams, Drake May, they swiping. So <laughs> they uh, I said that Nuno, our producer, um, thinks something's ridiculous that I personally think is amazing. Okay. And uh, Nuno's anger make, brings us joy. We know this when he gets feisty about things. So, you know, with fantasy football leagues that a lot of times there's always a punishment for somebody who loses, like we've seen recently, people have to go to the Waffle House and eat the amount of pancakes over 24 hours or waffles over 24 hours. And like they have to eat certain amount of food or oh, whatever the it is. Punishment is going to the Waffle House? No. So here's what it is. Sounds you have to eat like a waffle and that 24 waffles over 24 hours or something no, like that. What is it? So in this part of what triggered me this weekend, because I saw someone do this. So you're. Supposed to be at the Waffle House for 24 hours. Right. That time gets dropped for every waffle you eat. So oh. if you so if you eat 10, now you're only there for 14 hours. Yeah, I'm just t- and go ahead set this yeah, up. Yeah, I mean. he's already angry about. Yeah, this. I can tell. Okay. I love it. So there is a Blue Jays reliever, Tim Miza. Miza uh, is serving his punishment, fantasy football league. Okay, so he had to serve as the bat boy for a spring training game. And he wore 4-10 as his number as a bad boy because that was his record in the fantasy football league. <laughs> so Pretty funny. By the way, right. baseball is so much downtime, they're doing bits during the games. But I just want to point that out, yeah. right? Training. So they do these. Having fun. Right. So he's out there. He is the bad boy wearing his jersey number as his fantasy football record. I found that funny this week. I Larry's. think it's great. I love it. Nuno? Yeah, not, I'm done with this, right? I think it's jumped the shark. Listen, I'm in a couple fantasy leagues. There is money involved. For me, if you don't win or you don't place in any type of that money, that's where your punishment is, right? Like, I'm more of the Tommy fan like type of fantasy football player, like that type of thing. Maybe shake someone, that type of thing. Like, this... I, I don't know what you're talking shake about. Shake someone. Oh, Tommy Fan. He got I don't it. know what he just tried to say. Does <laughs> I any, love can Tommy someone Fan. translate? There was, there was a problem. In yeah, there was a problem with that. I remember that. Yeah, 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 there was a problem with that. I remember that. There was some furniture That's moving in the clubhouse. Yes, exactly. Let me tell you something about Tommy Fan. I covered Tommy Fan. He does not play when it comes to that type of stuff. He did it on the field. Don't mess with him. Do not mess with Tommy Fan. Yeah, like the fact that I know that someone is enjoying my money that I. Because I lost the fantasy uh, football like a uh, league that hurts more than this stuff. Like I think it's just jumped the shark. It's the court a court storm in a uh, fantasy football. Like oh, I'm gonna lock myself in a waffle house. See how many uh, waffles I can eat, or like oh, I'm gonna put my record on a jersey because we're baseball players. We got none else to do during these spring training games. I don't know. How about try to work on some fundamentals? <laughs> like make sure that you know warm up, do something. Like warm just up. Stop. You just hit him with the fundamentals. Also, are we yes. serious? Also, what a hater. It also, is spring training. We don't have to work on a month of spring training Whatever. before the season. Also, even listen, gets this started. is galvanizing time. You're bonding yeah, with your teammates. Bonding. It's not fundamentals 24 7. It is. Also, <laughs> if you're not playing for money, don't play any fantasy football. Yeah, yeah but Nuno was telling on himself, though, because he's saying the money that you would lose is punishment enough. How much money are you gambling with fantasy football, Great bro? Great question. How much money you got there's involved in this thing? Because, I mean, there's a difference between trying to have some fun and then actually trying to make some money. 
Like, I mean, you're in a fantasy football league with your buddies, I assume, just to have some fun, and you put a little coin on it to make it a yeah. little more interesting. Some bragging no, rights. Nobody so is sitting there dead. saying that you're going hey. to gamble away the entire month's salary. No, but listen, for everyone it's different, right? For your... For my two hundred and fifty dollars for each league that I'm in, Jeez. each league. How many leagues? How many are you two fantasy football leagues. Wow, five hundred bucks. So five hundred bucks. Yeah. Okay. So like for my five hundred bucks, um, it is hits different than let's say Javante's, you know, thousand, whatever he's doing. So what? I don't know. Wait. Okay. Um, hold um, on a second. Hold on. So are you saying that you will not be a part of any fantasy football league moving forward that has a punishment involved with the loser? That is correct. Okay, I will so not be involved in anything, i.e. like, I don't know, phone tag and there's a punishment involved. Well, yeah, loser. we've realized that one. I think. So <laughs> question for you, Nuno. Let's say CC is starting a fantasy football league with all of his ex-teammates. You are a diehard, obsessive New York Giants fan. It's CC. It's Tuck. It's Eli. Mm. It's uh, Antonio. Well, Antonio Pierce can't play. Uh, OC. It's all these guys that you loved as a Giants fan. All of his guys. But there's a punishment at the end. You would, and he invited you. He yeah, was, no, that, that's not happening. Oh, you no. are. Come no. on. No. I don't believe you. You're I not going to play in the Giants fantasy morals. football. No. First of oh, all, come on. I have morals. I have morals <laughs> and ethics when it comes to things like this. What about when other, with other things? What yeah, are the well, morals and ethics? I'm dying to know. <laughs> just won't do that. Like, there's the punishment stuff. I, no, like, that's not my, that's not my cup of tea. Just a reliever like, wearing his fantasy football record on the back of his shirt as a ball boy, bat boy at spring training is funny. funny. By that's the funny. way, at the outset of spring training. Yeah. At the very beginning. But he's beginning. a reliever. What do you want him to do? No, I know, but it, it's different than at the end of spring training. The beginning it's is like, much different than the end. It's like the first day. Exactly. Who cares? Nuno cares. He's, he's worried about the, fundamentals. The only, the only one that is actually really bad and stupid and I would never do in a million years is when they make people get tattoos. That's, that's dumb. Hard that's pass dumb. on that that's one. Yeah, that's dumb. I mean, if you want a tattoo, get a tattoo, but not for losing fantasy football. Correct. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's ridiculous. But, I mean, in general, the idea of the punishment, yeah, I mean, it happens At all least the be time. creative with the punishment, though. The this wa- was creative, I thought, right? Yeah, that's the creative. The, waf- the Waffle House bit, though. You're I mean, out on that? I mean, how much of a punishment is it? That's the thing. I, I, maybe I'm nuts, and I'm going to overstate this. How long would it take me to get out of there? A couple hours? Three hours? That one's also so overdone now. Like, everyone does that Wait, now. It's on, so hold overdone. Hold on, hold on. So if you're all about punishment, you think if we gave you 24 hours, it's one waffle per hour, you're going to eat 21 waffles in three one hours? one waffle per hour. What are you talking about? Or one pancake? Yes, it is. No, I'm saying no, but you can I'm eat not, it, I can you eat, eat more down, than one, no? I can eat more than one waffle in an hour. No, no, that's my point. That's what I'm saying. But so Evan says, what? It's going to take him three, four hours to get out of there. So that's that's twenty, twenty-one waffles in it. All right, three, so four maybe hours. it's less than that. Five or six hours. I mean, four waffles an hour. That doesn't seem too much, is no. it? No. For me. No, that doesn't that doesn't seem hard at all. I mean, you want to do this? No, I didn't lose a bet. I'm not going to voluntarily do I, this. I actually would love for you to do that. Why? So, hold on. I didn't lose a bet. In your 40 da- yard dash. Oh there you go. God. There's yeah. your punishment. You know, you throw and these things out, Evan. No. Hold on. Not- you throw these things out, I could beat CC in a race. Well, I could get out of Waffle House in a couple hours. But you don't want to back it up with the actions here. I'm just saying that. A lot that- of confidence from him. Big job. A lot of confidence. 40 yard dash all day. He's like Russell Wilson. I'm going to win two in the next five. Two more in the next five. He's ready to go. Courtesy of I Am Athlete, the podcaster. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I didn't make a bet, first of all. Mm-hmm. If you want to race 40-yard dash and the loser does that, I will do that. Okay. But we have no— The loser goes to Waffle House? 
That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not really a punishment. Yeah, so that's the thing. I don't understand why this bothers Nuno to this, this sake, the, the, the level that it does. It doesn't make any sense to me. But you better it Sounds not. like he lost his fantasy league and lost 500 bucks. Yeah, so yeah. What Nuno is saying is there is no, there is no <laughs> sports bet worthwhile that doesn't involve money. That's what he's saying. Exactly. Nuno, how much money have you lost over the last year gambling on fantasy? No, I just do those two leagues and, and that's it. So $500. $500. Yeah. But I, I've also won my fair share of money, so oh, um, it's pretty good. So, like, wearing a shirt to the show, theoretically, that would be embarrassing for one show is not better than losing $500? I feel like you have to have a stake. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? Nuno's a hypocrite because he lost a bit to Greeny and had to wear a Cowboys jersey exactly. for a while. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And he did. Exactly. Oh, oh my God. God. Exactly. Good call, Pat. Great call, Pat. Hey, Pat, what are you doing here? Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. All right, time to win some money. Canty's best bet. I'm talking dollar bill, y'all. Chasing that bag, y'all. Of the night. <laughs> All right, so we fell off the horse last week. What we're going to get right back up and get back on the horse this week. Going to the NBA tonight, Pistons-Knicks. I got the Knicks laying the seven and a half points, and we're going to parlay that with the under on team point total, which is at 223 and a half. So we've got the Knicks laying seven and a half, parlayed with the under on the team point total, which is 223 and a half, pays out at plus 198. He survived a terrible, terrible moment in our history. The most unsportsmanlike moment of the day. That was terrible. Was not a great look. All right, over the weekends, for our unsportsmanlike moments, something different, something weird, something quirky, the internet was blowing up a little bit because A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez, minority governor, or no, yes, minority governor, excuse me, of the um, Minnesota Timberwolves, Mark mm-hmm. Lurie is the majority governor, they had the game against the Bucks on Friday night. It was on ESPN. And A-Rod was interviewed on the broadcast. And the internet starts blowing up because they're like, A-Rod looks different on this broadcast. What is going on here? Why does he look differently than he normally looks? So much so that A-Rod had to address his look over the weekend on social media. All right, everybody. I know that I'm dark, but I am Dominican. And I went on vacation (laughs) and I fell asleep (laughs) in the sun. So, everybody calm down. Tranquilito, suavecito, mi gente. Yeah. 
All right, he's claiming he fell asleep on vacation under the sun. Yeah, I buy that. I buy it. I, I buy, buy that it. too. Yeah. Why not? No, I, I buy it, but I mean, a lot of people are not I, buying I it. I've never heard of somebody doing treatments to make their skin darker. I've never heard that. Outside of tanning, I've like never a tanning heard, bed. Yeah, I've never, I've never heard of that though. Like, like, like you know, people like all oh, the, you know, some people have gone through skin lightening mm-hmm. regimens, but mm-hmm. I've never heard of somebody saying I'm going to make myself darker permanently. So I don't, I don't understand why the internet was blowing up on this. Yeah, and A-Rod seems like the type of guy that would take a luxurious nap on vacation. No doubt. You know? No doubt. I just picture love, him on a yacht, sleeping. I, I love what A-Rod's become. He makes fun of himself constantly. He makes fun of his, his like, old man dad status with his sure. daughter at Michigan. Like, the guy that we saw forever playing baseball, trying to live up to the standard of best player in the sport, face of the sport. Yeah. That guy's out the window. I love what A-Rod has become now. I loved when he was dating J-Lo and he was an Instagram boyfriend. He was constantly just following yeah, her around, taking cool. pictures of cool. her. I thought cool. that was amazing. It was a good sport with all yeah, that. Yeah, I loved it. But no, he leans but I mean, into it. He, yeah, it's he's great. changed. Yeah, changed but I mean, I mean the, the simplest explanation is the right one, right? He was tanning. That's what happened. Like, outside of tanning, nobody does anything else to make themselves intentionally darker. It just doesn't make sense. He was sitting next to uh, Stephen A., and the Pelicans went after Stephen A. By the way, wow! Yes, they I mean, did. They, they had no chill. Pelicans had no chill. Stephen A. was critical of Zion Williamson's uh, health and fitness. Let's say yes. And the Pelicans put a, a best of, worst of reel out there on social of like him missing shots and him falling. Uh, the my, celebrity all star game. My favorite yeah. is the one where he's posing like Wilt Chamberlain. He's got one, one point <laughs> one five point. and he's holding it up. See, here's the thing for people <laughs> like, but clever savagery for people like me who never played college sports. Like high school was the, like the highest level I got to. I would dream of averaging 1.5 points per game in college basketball. No, you wouldn't. Yes, I no, would. No, no. Why? Nobody dreams of averaging a point and a half in college basketball. <laughs> oh, the boxing video of Stephen A's. <laughs> Man, Pelicans Twitter has no yeah, chill. If you was, haven't seen it, you got to go to Pelicans is, Twitter. It, it is, is so funny, funny. So funny. But do you really want to be picking a fight with Stephen A? He's going to get the last word. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean. Stephen even, A listen, is going to get the last was, word that, on this But they one. got him so good, though. Like, even Stephen A has got to laugh this one off. Yeah, I know. He's like, y'all got me, man. Like, even Stephen A has got to laugh. Y'all got me, dog. Like, they, they, that's a good one. The boxing video is funny, too. Wait a <laughs> second. I got to go back. Cece, you played 11 years in the NFL. You won a Super Bowl. You were awesome. You didn't just play. You were a really good player. Yeah. I've told you this. Before I met you, I wanted you on the Pats because of all the like, the way in which you play. You were a Patriot, really, is yeah, what you were, yeah. even though you never played in the Patriots. Yeah. You don't think the majority of the people listening right now would do anything to have made it to play college basketball like Stephen A. did and average a point in a game? I think I, everyone would. I would kill for that. No. I, no. I disagree. I no, disagree. No. Anybody who played <laughs> sports growing up would want that ability to say, yeah, I played college sports. I think you're wrong on it. Pat, you played sports growing up. Would you want the ability to play college sports even if you're averaging 1.5 points per game? Yeah, I tried to walk on it for them. And? I, I didn't make it. They walked you off. Okay. <laughs> oh, damn. Damn. <laughs> well, I mean, that's better than... I can, I'm not even... On, they walked you off. I wasn't even no good one. enough to get walked off. Yeah. All right, anyway. Next. Uh, today is the 12-year anniversary of a big moment for one of Michelle Smallman's really close friends. Uh, Let's take a listen to professional bowler, Pete (laughs) Weber. Strike to claim it. A strike to claim it. And he got it! 
Pete Weber. Okay, so I have so many questions about this, but the biggest question is, why is he wearing the sunglasses indoors? Smalls, that's why your not? guy. I, I just, I, part of the swag, part of is, the is aura. Is it a part of the swag? I'm just yeah. wondering, like, is there a practical reason? Like, is there a, so. a strategy, uh, a tactic that's involved with wearing I'll the glasses? I'll ask Pete. I'll get in touch yeah, with the know, pride of St. Yeah, Anne, yeah, St. Louis's own Pete get Weber. T- get in touch with these people and I will. Out why I will find out the info the on this. Yeah, uh, advice. The way you did it, the right way, instead of questioning someone. Like, I questioned someone who's sitting in this room and not the three of us. Rob from our social and digital team, why are you wearing these sunglasses inside? And he goes, you know, I have a little bit of an eye thing. I was like, well, I do now. Uh, oops. Well, he doesn't have an eye thing. He just took off the glasses. I know. Well, I'm just when saying. celebrating. Smalls, you're going to have to find out I about will. that. 12-year anniversary of, you know, who you think you are or I am, whatever the heck you just said there, uh, Pete Weber. I didn't know bowlers wore stunner shades. I didn't, well, know, I mean, didn't know it was a thing. When you're, when you're Pete Weber? When you're a legend huh? like when that? Legend, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Friend yeah. of the show, Pete Weber. Yeah, hello. <laughs> and uh, finally, for unsportsmanlike moments, CeCe, you mentioned the fact that the Heat and the Pelicans had a little bit of a dust-up the other night. Yeah. Suspensions. Well, uh, Jimmy Butler put this out on social media that uh, he put himself <laughs> and Nikola Jovic uh, of the Miami Heat in the Bad Boys poster, and I believe he put it from the, like, the location from the Dade County Jail. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. As they're going to be suspended for their next game against the uh, Sacramento That Kings. is hilarious. Also, I should note, now that this bet over nothing is out there about the waffles, Megan Judge from our marketing and promotions team, has reached out and said that she will order waffles to our set to see if we can eat 16 no, waffles. What? That defeats the point. The whole point well, is you have to be in the waffle house. That you're, that you're stuck in there, right? But she wanted to see if we could eat 16 waffles over four hours. Before we left the There's studio, no chance. 16 waffles? You individually? Yeah, I know not, I can't not as a group. Yeah. Individually. Not as a group? There's, yeah, not yeah, as a group. Because that we could easily do. I'll take on that challenge. You might have a chance. I'll Evan, you're not challenge. eating 16, 16 waffles. Do we have to run it by someone? Yeah, that challenge. Do we yeah. have to run it by someone before you do that? Do we have to run it by who? No. The boss? I mean, that's a lot of carbs. I don't, I, I don't what are we talking about now? Uh, yes. We, uh, listen, we, well, well, we'll hope that the wife is not listening yes. to the show yes. and that we can sneak it in. Because if, if it's after the fact, then I'm fine. It's better to ask forgiveness than permission. But if I ask her beforehand, she's just going to shut it down and say no. So let's not ruin it, Nuno. Let's just go ahead and do it, and then hopefully she just doesn't find no out until after the fact. I just want no problem. Oh, this is going to be a problem. If she's going to have a problem with me, she's probably going to have a problem with you. <laughs> Seems like Nuno ruined it. You just hope by the time she sees you, she's over it. Greeny, coming up next, we are on to Tuesday. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.